Hello, good morning, and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this, our weekly F1 news roundup video. I hope you're doing well. Before we get into everything, make sure you like, subscribe, all that wonderful stuff there. But also, there was a video that went out on the channel yesterday about the incredible story behind Michael Schumacher's debut. So once you're done with this video, go watch that one. That's a really interesting one. Only a short video, only about eight minutes long, but just when you think it can't get any more crazy... It does, and then does a bit more, and a bit more. So that's really worth your time. You don't know the story behind that. It's really quite an incredible story there. But the news we're going to get into. So I'm sure you've seen the title of this video. We'll get into that very shortly. But also we've got to address uh, Alpha Tauri and their new name. That'll be coming up in a little bit. And we'll look into the Pirelli contract as well as the Red Bull Junior program. And also some interesting news surrounding someone currently in Formula 2. So... All that and more to come in this video here, but we must start with possibly the biggest story of the week. Of the week, sorry, and that surrounds uh, Sergio Perez. And I say news story because this isn't a news story, because it's actually just a rumor that gathered a hell of a lot of steam. Because someone went onto r slash Formula One, the Reddit forum and made a post saying that they knew someone who knew someone who knew someone who had heard that Sergio Perez will be announcing his retirement at the Mexican Grand Prix. Now, if you look for this post now, you will find it doesn't exist. It's been removed by the moderators of Formula One subreddit, and the person who posted it has also deleted their account. So, you know... If that doesn't tell you, is this rumour true or false, I don't know what else will. But yeah, um, this gathered a lot of steam, and it actually even gathered a response from Luis Alberto Agari, who is Sergio Perez's uh, media and PR person, who put a tweet out on Twitter, also known as X, of course. So uh, I'm going to show that on the screen now. This was the response. And if you're listening on your on your podcast uh, supplier of choice, that's about thirty crying, rolling, laughing emojis. So, yes, this story gathered a lot of steam this week, and looks like it is complete and utter rubbish. Um, let's break it down though, in terms of what the story actually was. Uh, Sergio Perez retiring at the end of this year. Well. Obviously, Sergio has had a mixed year this year. Towards the start of the year, looking very strong. Some people even questioning, can he be a title contender for the year? But as it's gone on, that has obviously gone away. And uh, he had the qualifying struggles. He's had a few DNFs now. Um, you know, we're looking like he might not finish in P2 in the championship. Either way, it looks like Max will finish the year with the biggest points gap in the history of Formula 1 between first and second place. So, a lot of people commenting that what is Sergio to do? Will he be in the Red Bull next year? Blah, blah, blah. Personally, I'm about 60-40 right now. I'm 60% uh, he will stay, 40% he will go. Uh, he has a contract until the end of next year, but as we all know, contracts can be broken. As What happened to Sergio Perez when he left uh, racing points? They wanted Vettel, and they broke off Sergio's contract, brought Vettel in, and uh, that then became Aston Martin. So... The bigger questions, though, are for me. Will he stay? I think he will. I think he will stay in Red Bull, and he'll have his one last year in Red Bull, and then they'll make changes for 2025. 
The second question, trying to go all this, I saw a lot of people getting excited that, oh, yes, yeah, Sergio's going, which, firstly, I don't think is the right thing to do. You shouldn't celebrate that kind of thing, because I think I think people forget how fantastic Sergio Perez is. Not only at the start of this year was he fantastic, you know, he's had some amazing wins in the Red Bull and uh, massively helped uh, Max in 2021 in Abu Dhabi, uh, but also looking at the rest of his career. Now, I know there are some people who maybe jumped on Formula 1 a little bit later and didn't see his earlier part of his career, but, you know, he was fantastic. Like, one of the best midfield racing drivers I think we've ever seen in the history of Formula 1. He took that racing point and finished fourth in the championship. He got three podiums in a Sauber. He's been fantastic. Like, you know, in the Force India days, racing points, Sauber. I know his McLaren stint wasn't all that great, but I think not only him, but McLaren were going through something very difficult at that time. But everywhere else he's been, he's really shown up and put in a great performance. Do I think that maybe at this point in his career, is he the right guy for a top team? Probably not, but I think he could still be great in one of those midfield teams. And we'll get onto that in a little bit, let me tell you. But there's a lot of people who are celebrating, yes, Ricardo back to Red Bull, Ricardo back to Red Bull. And I know that's a lot. That's something that a lot of people want, because obviously Ricardo is a very popular guy. People want him back in that Red Bull. But is Ricardo the guy to replace Sergio Perez? If Perez left at the end of this year, what has shown you that Ricardo is the guy to replace him for 2024? Because let's just have a look at this analytically, right? So this year we've seen Ricardo in two races. He came back in the Hungarian Grand Prix. He got caught up in that lap one incident and then had a very good recovery drive. Uh, that was a decent race. Then in Spa, he got caught up in a DRS train in the sprint and the main race and showed really nothing. Then he broke his hand. So that's all we've seen from him this year thus far. We will see him uh, next weekend, of course, and then towards the end of the year. But before that, what have we seen of him? We've seen that the previous two years, he got destroyed by Lando Norris in a McLaren to the point that McLaren this year are paying him to not drive their car. That's how bad his performances have been over the last few years. And, you know... People are just like, yes, Ricardo's the one to replace Perez. Based on what? Based on performances from what? 2015? I mean, you know, I love Ricardo and I think he's great. And I think he will get uh, over that McLaren stint. I think his mental health was destroyed. And I think he picked up a lot of bad habits in McLaren that he'll get out of. And I think he will get better. But you cannot possibly say off the two performances we've seen this year from Ricardo, that you can be 100% certain he'll be better than Perez is right now. Because you just can't. If we get to a place where Sergio leaves at the end of 2024, and we had a whole year of Ricardo in that Alpha Tauri, then yes, maybe we could say, oh yeah, well we've seen something there, and I mean Ricardo is going to be the guy. But right now, I don't know how anyone can, apart from you know the response of, I like Ricardo, I want him in a fast car, but I don't see how anyone can possibly say that Ricardo would do a better job than Perez is right now, based on his performances over the last three years. Because Perez has outperformed him entirely over the last three years. I know Perez had a bad year this year, but you know he's been relatively consistently okay, whereas Ricardo and McLaren was not relatively consistently okay. But, you know, as I said, that can all be turned around, and I would not be surprised if in 2025 we had Ricardo Verstappen, because we have a year of uh, Ricardo to get back to where he was. But right now, 
No, not at all. But what about Perez then? As I said, I think he'll stay in Red Bull for the next year. But then his contract will run out and we go into 2025. And what happens to Perez then? Does Perez retire then? Maybe. But I think there is a perfect, perfect, perfect move out there for Sergio Perez. And I wasn't going to say this because I was saving it all for a big video to come out at the start of next year about driver moves and how 2024 is going to be this mad year for driver moves. But Sergio Perez in 2025, should go to Andretti. That is the perfect move for Sergio Perez. Andretti, apparently they're looking for an experienced guy and maybe an American or a rookie. Sergio Perez is one of the most experienced guys on the grid. He would have just come from the best team on the grid. He has an incredible audience in North America, which you know is where Andretti will be based. He can teach them so much. He can help the younger guy. They will probably be a midfield-to-back team, which is where he thrives. Sergio Perez to Andretti is a match made in heaven right there. So if Sergio was to retire this year, you know, obviously if he wants to spend time with his family or stuff, that's understandable. But if Sergio wants to stay in racing, a move to Andretti for him would not only like reinvigorate his career and help bring his confidence back, but it would allow him to finish his career on a high and also have his name cemented with this team, which I think is going to be around for a long time as one of the first guys to get in there and help out. Like, you know, maybe not to the same extent, but you know how when Schumacher came in for Mercedes and everyone goes like, oh yeah, well Schumacher and Mercedes, they were the two at the start there. Or how it could basically be like David Coulthard to Red Bull in those early days. It could be seen like that, really, because David Coulthard was very, you know, a very talented driver, very much a second fiddle to Mika Hakkinen in the McLaren days, as much as Sergio Perez has been a second fiddle to Max Verstappen in Red Bull. But Coulthard went to Red Bull, he brought some authenticity to it, and Sergio could do the exact same thing. I think that'd be a perfect move for him if he chooses to stay into 2025. So there you go. Sergio Perez is probably not going to retire this year, and it looks like those rumours were just entirely false. Right, across though to our next story, which is on Alpha Tauri, but they won't be called Alpha Tauri next year, will they? We will find out what their new name is, apparently, at the uh, Austin Grand Prix this weekend. So, uh, we've all heard the rumours of Hugo Boss or Hugo Boss Bulls Racing or whatever it's going to be. But apparently Adidas or Adidas are also in the runnings to be the new name for AlphaTauri as well. So, we'll find out next weekend apparently. Uh, but yeah, two very good brands there, two very well-known brands looking to come on board with this team. So I think that could be uh, great for the team. So we'll see how that goes and hopefully we'll have more news on that next week. <coughs> but now we have to talk about Pirelli, everyone's favourite tyre people. And I hope they are your favourite tyre people because they're not going anywhere. They've renewed their contract as the tyre supplier for F1, but it will likely be their last one. The contract runs from 2025 to 2027 with an option for another year in 2028, but either 27 or 28 will be Pirelli's last year in Formula 1 is what they are expecting. Uh, Bridgestone also applied to be the new Formula 1 tyre supplier and uh, apparently the FIA and F1 were very happy with Bridgestone's application and apparently had a lot of like more futuristic technology and stuff that could be seen on road cars but uh, F1 decided to go with Pirelli I imagine just because you know it's more the more comfortable chair maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Stefano Domenicali chose Pirelli over Bridgestone. In terms of Pirelli, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a bit mixed on them, if I'm honest with you. I had a better opinion on them about 10 years ago than I do now. Because I think what happened was about 10 years ago, I think their tyres were pretty perfect, to be honest, in terms of degradation. And then, I think it was Silverstone 2013 happened, where we had a lot of punctures and a lot of tyre blowouts. And Pirelli got um, quite a bit of backlash from that in terms of people saying it was unsafe and their tyres weren't fit for purpose and all this kind of stuff. And I think that backlash has spun into the point we are now where the tyres really are too good. I mean, we saw an outlier in terms of last weekend in Qatar, but that was mainly due to the curves rather than the tyres themselves. But now, I mean, you know, there's been many races this year where you could finish an entire race on a hard, and sometimes you could even finish an entire race on a medium. There's not real, not, not really much degradation at all, especially if you look at like the likes of the Red Bull, which manages its tyres fantastically. They haven't really had that kind of big issue. And I think that all comes from uh, that Silverstone race where they all blew up. What we really need is a tyre that's difficult, you know, um, gives to the point where, you know, you could do a race on a one-stop if you want, but you have to manage your tyres really well. We should be having races where tyres shouldn't last that long, where it's like, you know, most races should be two or three-stop races, but you could do it on a one-stop if you really want, but that's going to be a challenge. You know, I think Pirelli have gone in the completely wrong direction in terms of that. And hopefully with this new contract, maybe if it is their last, they'll feel, oh, well, you know, we're going anyway. We can take some risks here and maybe go back to what we had before. But yeah, that's what I would be uh, looking at at this point. Um, I was also listening to the Engine Breaking podcast this week, which is one of my favorite podcasts um, with uh, Blake and Engine Mode 11. And uh, Engine Mode 11 brought up a really interesting point in terms of getting rid of the mandatory pit stop but having high degradation tyres in terms of, yeah, you could do the entire race without doing a pit stop, but if you do, at the end, your tyres will be dead and you've got to work it really well. So it's like you can sacrifice having a pit stop and gain that 20, 25 seconds of losing that pit stop, but will your performance at the end make up for it? And I, like That would be actually a very good idea in terms of, you know, different strategies. I mean, in looking at the Qatar Grand Prix from this weekend, where you had the 18-lap thing, that ruined strategy for me. Because you just knew when everyone was going to pit. And it's the same with refueling. I see people all the time talking about bring back refueling. Don't bring back refueling, because... You just know when they're stopping again. There's no nuance. There's no kind of make it up on the fly, undercut, overcut type thing. Yeah, I think a mix of strategy makes for more uh, interesting racing. If you have two cars battling for the lead and they're on different strategies, that's what makes it interesting. That's what we saw a lot in 2021 with Max and Lewis, where they would kind of they would make up their strategy on the fly in the race to try and battle the other one. I think it was uh, Spain where... Max was leading the race, and Lewis makes a like uh, a choice to go to the softs quite late on, and he drops all the way back, but fights all the way through, and I think he got him at the end. That's exciting, interesting racing through strategy, and that's what we need in Formula One, not this kind of you know I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna put the mediums on, then I'll put the hards on, then I'm done. That's not very interesting, is it? Right. 
Next story about the Red Bull Junior program. Now, earlier this year, we discussed about how apparently the Red Bull Junior program is going to be letting go of some guys and kind of uh, having fewer drivers in it. Because if you watch F2, F3, there's loads of uh, Red Bull Juniors in. I mean, um, they have signed some more recently as well. Um, Gabriele Mini was recently signed at the Italian Grand Prix for the Red Bull Junior program. But there are rumours here of two guys who will not be in the Red Bull Junior program for next year. And those are Enzo Fittipaldi and Zane Maloney. Um, this is coming from uh, Rodin CEO Dicker, which is an unfortunate name. He has said the support for most of the guys in these junior teams is next to zero from the information that I have. They're not going to be supported by Red Bull next year, as far as I know it. Let's face it, Red Bull already have more good drivers than seats. So what's the point of trying? So he may have uh, said accidentally here, or just jumped the gun, but it looks like Enzo Fittipaldi and Zane Maloney will not be in the Red Bull Junior program next year. And I can kind of understand it for Enzo Fittipaldi, because how old is Enzo Fittipaldi now? I'm going to have a look. Uh, Enzo Fittipaldi age he's 22 years old so you know you know there's still a chance for him to get into formula one but he hasn't massively shown that as of right now i mean if you look at f2 this year he kind of came into it at the end of the year but i think there's better guys than him right now zane maloney how old is he he's 20 so i mean he's getting better i'm surprised at zane maloney Less surprise at Enzo Fittipaldi. I'll put that right now. But this might not be the last of the uh, Red Bull Junior drops. I think there might be a few more going into next year because they do have a hell of a lot. And like it said in that statement there, they have more good drivers than they have seats. And at the minute, race seats in Red Bull are hard to come by. Uh, because you know you've got Liam Lawson right there, who definitely deserves one and doesn't have one. So you can't really have like six or seven guys in F two and F three who also want that seat because they're just not going to get it. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some more people being dropped by Red Bull as we go into next year. And the final story here also focuses on Formula Two, and it's about the driver Kush Miney, or as I call him, Kush Kush Miney. Do 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 do. He's got a new driver coach, and I, I this one's come out of nowhere, but he's now being coached by Mika Hakkinen, the two-time Formula One champion. Second time Hakkinen's getting a mention in this video here. But yeah, Mika Hakkinen will be coaching Kushmini throughout his, the rest of his uh, racing career. I like Kushmini. I think he's very good. Uh, he's had a good year in F2. He's uh, pretty much destroyed his teammates. Uh, this year and he'll only get better and he'll get better with the help of Mika Hakkinen so best luck to the both of them uh, look forward to seeing what he does next year in F2 of course there's still one F2 race left to go but yeah we'll see how that goes from best of luck there you go that is all the news I'm going to cover for you this week as I said that Michael Schumacher video is out on the channel now so make sure you watch that also make sure you subscribe because we'll be back next week next Thursday uh, for the a US Grand Prix preview because of course it is a sprint race weekend again so we'll have the preview on the Thursday qualifying reaction on the Friday we'll have the sprint shootout and sprint race reaction on the Saturday, race reaction on the Sunday and then driver ratings on the Monday so all of that's to come in the next week, until then though have a great weekend I'll see you next time, have a good one goodbye